Welcome to Homestand Leafs. I'm your host, Albert Vartanian, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Justin Pooney. We'll tell you why Mitch Marner might be staying in Toronto after all. Well, on today's show, we dish out our statements from the Leafs' 7-1 demolition of the San Jose Sharks. How good is this Maple Leafs defense? Is there any chance Toronto won't resign Mitch Marner? And is Nick Robertson the Steve Correa to his brother, Jason? we got a lot to get to, so let's get this thing started. I'm Albert Vartanian. He's Justin Pooney, and this is Home. Stan Leafs. Justin Pooney, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Mm-hmm. I think they're good again. We do have to consider the opposition, but they just beat the San Jose Sharks once again, 7-1. to one. We have a few statements coming out of that game, and you want to start with uh, Mitch Marner, who I think heard you. Yeah. I think he listened to the last podcast. He definitely listened to the last pod, the brand new spanking first edition of uh, Homestand Leafs, where we talked about how that his time in Toronto's done. Well, he surely made sure that Brad Truly has to think very hard about letting him go because a four-point night for Mitch Marner looked like the all-star he might be if he gets voted in, right? But how funny would it be if there's more Canucks and Leafs in the all-star game? I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm voting every day. It's trying to stuff the back. I haven't seen you vote one time. Uh, I'm doing NHL. I follow your account, dude. I'm on NHL.com voting. Okay. Go. Okay. So, um, but yeah, look, Mitch Marner played a great game, Albert. I he think um, that is what um, they need. And there's been a lot of times we've talked so much about Matthews and Nylander and the goaltending situation and the defense. We haven't talked so much about Mitch Marner this year uh, in a positive light. And I think that's something we should do today. Yes, it was against the Sharks. Yes, you know, they're not the best team that, you know, the Leafs dominated them from start to finish. But Mitch Marner looked engaged. He looked, you know, at the top of his game. He looked like a guy that was out there playing his game and doing exactly what he does best, not set up goals and also put the puck in the back of the net. Um, William Nylander had three assists as well, you know, earning that fat new contract to a certain extent. Uh, And a night where Austin Matthews just didn't look really that good at all. Uh, I was very impressed with what I saw with Mitch Marner last night. Um, And I think think Leaf fans are really hoping that he doesn't leave, but eh, I don't know if four points will be enough. Yeah, listen, it was a point night in San Jose. How bad are the Sharks? Like, yeah. they just look so, like, dejected. There's no energy there. The Leafs completely dominated, which mm. they should do against these teams. And I think I mentioned that in the last show. Finally, we were seeing Toronto uh, kind of shed the, the trap game situation yeah. because I feel like a couple weeks ago, this is a pure trap game. Mm. You're coming back home off the Cali road trip. You're feeling good. You're playing a bad team, one of the worst teams. I think the worst team in the NHL. Classic Leafs trap game, but that wasn't the case. It was total domination from start to finish. So I got to give Marner his props. Um, It's funny what you said about Nylander. $11 million, but no goal. Overpayment? Not. We'll see. That's a joke. Okay, yeah, Mitch Marner (laughs) gets his passes. Frank Mahovlich for seventh all-time in Leafs scoring. Maybe something we don't talk about as much, but what we're seeing right now with Matthews and Marner and Nylander, and for as long as they're probably all going to stay here, we know Nylander guaranteed eight years, Mm -hmm. at least we think. Um, they're probably going to all go down as the top three, top four players to ever play for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think yeah. right now you're looking at maybe the three best regular season players to ever play for Toronto, and I don't think you can you can uh, understate that. Yeah, and I think look, they're playing in an era where yes, scoring is up again. You know, compared to where it was maybe five, ten years ago, where I think it was like Jamie Ben won this the R. Ross Trophy with like ninety points or something. Yeah, but that's look, right. they play in an era where 
so, every guy in the talent level is so much higher. The skill level, uh, the of course the work ethic, the physical stature of guys. Like it's a tough league to play in, and to have three guys that you know average almost over a point per game every every season, right? In some cases, Matthews scoring 67, 70 goals a season. Um, it's something that is truly, truly remarkable, and they're all homegrown, Albert. They're all homegrown. They were all brought up through the draft. Now, they were high, all high draft picks, you know, during a dark time. But it shows you that when you suck for a long time, like the Leafs did, you get these star players out of it. And now they're dealing with a problem that I'm sure a lot of teams wish they could deal with. How do you pay all these really good players, right? Um, it's a it's a defining era. You mentioned that the, the regular season success. Um, but let's face it, Albert. You put out a lovely Instagram reel yesterday saying that they only need one cup, one cup, one Stanley Cup, one Stanley Cup. That's it. So, look, they got to get that one Stanley Cup because like we meant, like we know, in a market like Toronto, in sports in general, it's based off results. Points are great, right? They're going to get you a big contract, big house, Red Bull sponsorships, RBC sponsorships, Rogers sponsorships, free rides on the TTC for however long you want to ride the TTC right. for. Um, but what matters is, Albert, is playoff success. And I think these three guys are at the stage of their careers, 25, sorry, 26, 27, 28, or however old they are, right? You have to be concerned about winning now. You've won all your... You know, you have all your accolades, you have the all-star nods, you have the points, you have the big contracts, you're going to get your second big contract. Okay, it's time to win now. And I think that's why we were so frustrated and why a lot of Leaf fans are frustrated. Is why don't guys take less, right? You want to play here, you want to be here, take less. You already got the big contract. Why can't you take a little bit less so we can improve the team and win? Yeah, I hear you. And I think the argument coming back on that is, well, would you take less in your job, Justin Pooney? No. Right, and I've said that before too. I said, listen, these guys talk about how much they love it here. Mm -hmm. Take a bit of a cut, but then you flip that. You look yourself in the mirror. You start asking yourself those questions. Hey, I love my job, but if my bosses are going to come up to me and saying, "I'll give you this," and I'm saying, "No, I want this," and they're willing to cut that check for you, you're going to say no. Now, nah, you know what? Save some for Justin Pooney. I love having him on the show. You won't save any for me, but right? I mean, I I want to <laughs> say yes that I would, but we're only human, right? Yeah. We are only. We got to take care of our families. We got to <clears> do what's right for us. The difference. So I understand. Yeah. Sorry, I don't cut you off, but okay. I, I understand why these guys don't want to do that. It just feels like everywhere else, this just keeps happening, right? We we see players taking even a shade of a discount. Mm -hmm. Every hundred thousand dollars matters in this cap era, and we can you know argue to a, we're blue in the face about the salary cap and hard salary cap, how the NHL should get rid of it. That's not going to happen. But this is the world that they live in. So in turn, you would think that maybe because of that situation you start taking cuts here and there maybe you know five hundred thousand dollars less instead of a million whatever the case may be i mean you're gonna get taxed anyway big time either way you're getting pinned so yeah. um but look i think like also another thing is it's up to the management core to decide and just you know set that internal cap right like you mentioned every even the leaves every ten thousand dollars matters right a team that's so pressed up against the cap every year that has to do all these gymnastics before the season to get cap compliant um that's why you wonder okay do guys really care because also the thing is when you win you get all the other light all the other you know things about being a professional athlete the endorsement offers the sponsorships the partnerships are bringing more money into you into your pocket yeah but well, if you're right? a toronto may believe you don't even have to win to get that that's true Right? Yeah. That's the position that But imagine if you win, though, and you get put even yeah, more well, on a bigger, yeah. bigger... Uh, Nealander did say it. He, he hopes to, to achieve the ultimate dream, quote-unquote. Yeah. Um, do you see a world where the Leafs don't re-sign Mitch Marner? 
I, I can think this season's important in a way because yeah. obviously he's heading into a contract year. Negotiations can start July 1st. Mm-hmm. But if he has um, an off-regular season, maybe that changes the number, but maybe more so what happens in the playoffs. Do you think mm-hmm. if the Leafs go one and done in the playoffs, once again, does that if, does that change the way that Bradshaw, Living, Shanahan, and that whole front office look at re-signing Mitch Marner? Yeah, look, Marner's on pace for, what, 95 points, 37 goals this year. So he's on pace to do... Word pretty much he did last year. Come close to that 100-point uh, mark. Um, I do think there's a world where William Nylander gets dealt. I'm uh, sorry, William Nylander. Mitch Marner. William Nylander cannot get dealt. But um, it just does. We talked about it a lot on Monday, but it just doesn't make any feasible sense. No matter how much the cap is going up, $4 million, it's not going up $10 million in the next couple of years, right? Um, when you look at this, you cannot be paying one guy $13-plus million one guy 12 plus million one guy 11 plus million right and then have a defenseman making seven and a half then you're gonna have what john Tavares, who slides into what six and a half right six that's a lot of money tied up to a short amount of guys right and you mentioned they have 12 ufas they still need a lot of help on defense they don't have any great prospects coming back up through the pipeline right now that can come in and claim roster spots we don't know what's going to happen with the goalie situation. Even if you do run Martin Jones back, you're going to need a long-term succession plan. And if that is Joseph, okay, well, you're going to have to pay him eventually. Because, and I saw a tweet about this the other day where you, people were wondering, why can't the NHL have a luxury tax system where you know you could keep your guys and teams like the Leafs yeah. who have a deep bankroll can pay the luxury tax yeah. and afford to keep their players and you know put out the best team. That's not going to happen in the NHL. They don't make enough money for that. Um, but I do believe because it's a, it's a hard cap league like that and you can't go over it and there's no franchise tag or anything like that, there has to be somebody out, right? And I just believe that if Bradtree Living and Brendan Shanahan want to win a Stanley Cup and want to you know, finally do something, there has to be one of these core guys that has to leave. And I believe... Now it just makes the most sense. It's going to be Mitch Marner. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we 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 say they shouldn't sign all these players these big contracts, but they can, and that's probably why they they mm-hmm. will. And one thing you know most people probably don't know unless you're looking at cap friendly like I do, maybe <laughs> seventeen day. times a day. I wish I wasn't. I don't want to focus on numbers and salary caps and, and contracts, but we have to. If you're looking at the Toronto Maple Leafs defense, they only have three defensemen signed in 2024-2025: Morgan Riley, Jake McCabe, and Connor Timmins. There's a lot to do on this Toronto Maple Leafs roster. We're not going to go over it again and again, but that that's very telling mm-hmm. about what the Leafs need to do. You need someone to play with Morgan Riley. The guy needs some help. Okay, let's continue with our statements coming out of the Leafs 7-1 win over the San Jose Sharks. I'm going with solid D on 5-on-5 five five again, Justin Pooney. Just one even-strength goal in the last five games. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know we have to consider the opposition, San Jose twice, Anaheim, but then you got Carolina and you got the Los Angeles Kings. Yeah. I mean, we've been talking about how Bradshaw Living wants this team to play. I've been screaming at the clouds about Bradshaw Living needing to go out again a defenseman. Players are starting to get healthy. They got Giordano back. Lilgren is back. Uh, Simon Benoit looks really good. He's, he's solidified his spot on that back end. Morgan Riley's been one of the players this season for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I think playing in mm-hmm. front of Martin Jones, something happened on this Cali road trip where they changed their mindset and they realized they have to do more for this team. And they have been doing that. I mean, they're, they're holding a lot of these teams to what? 
15 shots by the second period. I think last night against San Jose, they had 12 shots Mm -hmm. after 40 minutes. That's pretty good. I know you have to consider the opposition, like I keep saying, but the defense is is trending in the right direction. One goal on on five-on-five over five games is pretty impressive. Yeah, absolutely. Look, Mike Van Ryan has been doing a really good job with the defense. Shout out Mike Van Ryan. Shout out to Mike Van Ryan. Mikey V. Um, But when you look at this defense core, even at the start of the season, we knew there was going to be problems there. When there was injuries hit, we knew there was going to be even bigger problems. Mm -hmm. But here we are. Yes, you mentioned they're playing against not the best competition. But I go back to that game against L.A. where, you know, we saw guys blocking shots, getting in shooting lanes, playing sound defensively, giving their goalie support. That is what I've noticed. I think with the Leafs, this defense core, it's not going to be like other defense cores where you're going to have a guy, two or two guys that trot out there, trot that you trot out there, excuse me, trot, trot, <laughs> uh, and play 25 minutes, 30 minutes a game, and eat up the whole ice, right? That's not going to happen. This is a defense by committee type of situation. And that's kind of the way they play. Nobody goes outside of the role. Morgan Riley, again, will take those you know chances offensively because he has the ability to. But everybody else after that is very stra- sound and structured in the, how they play the game. We talk about Simon Benoit at nauseum lately. Right? He's, as Albert says, he's <laughs> your favorite player's favorite player, yes, whatever sir. The, the tagline is. right. But playing within your role. Timothy Lilgren, playing within your role. These guys are not doing too much. They're playing sound hockey, and they're allowing their forwards, their superstars, the guys that make all that money we've talked about, do what they're supposed to do and put the puck in the back of the net. Yes, the defense is not scoring a whole lot, but the Leafs don't need them to do that at this particular moment. They need them to just create a fort, support the goaltending, play sound, play structured, and that's how you're going to win these games. Don't allow a whole lot of shots. When I watch the Leafs, Albert... There's not a whole lot of grade A scoring chances where the goalie has to make acrobatic saves no. or has to jump around and look like a prime Dominic Hasek. They don't have to look like that. They look The goalie looks in control. The defense looks in control. And that's because everybody knows their role, understands their assignments, knows their lanes. That is what makes a good defense. Now, is it going to translate when you have to pay, sorry, play? You know, a team seven times in two weeks. Well, then you you know you get then you can get down and really hone in on every player's weakness. But yeah. in the regular season, when you play a different team pretty much every night, you can really really take adva- advantage of that when you have a sound structure. And Mike Van Ryan and Sheldon Keith have done that this year, and I think that right there has been their best job coaching wise because you know what the forwards are going to do. But to have this defense will play like this, Albert, is very very impressive. And honestly, what else we have to consider is Ilya Samsonov, yeah. the confidence these players He's have one in front goalie. of Martin Jones. Yeah. To Samsonov, let's be real. I can't get out of my mind that <laughs> Buffalo Sabres game. Yeah. You know, shots, fadeaway shots coming from the point beating Ilya Samsonov. And this is not me picking on Samsonov, but imagine you're a defenseman out there mm-hmm. or you're one of the forwards and you're back checking and knowing that any puck that goes on net is probably going to go in. That, that changes your mindset. Now you got Martin Jones who can fall asleep and have a cup of coffee for half the game against San Jose, yeah. but then step up and make some good saves and not look like he's swimming and flailing in the net. Looks like a very experienced, calm net miner. Which he is. Which he is. <laughs> and he's only 33 years old. We all talk about him like he's 40. But let's be real. This run that he's on is fantastic. 8-3, one of the best save percentages in the league. I think his goals against is, I think it's sub-2 at the moment, which yeah. is incredible. Uh, long may it continue, but good news coming out of Toronto yesterday. Joseph Wall was on the ice for the second time since his injury back in, I think, December 7th. Mm-hmm. Um, Keith said that he's still a ways away. But good to see Wall uh, back on the ice. Uh, we're going to talk about Samsonov uh, maybe maybe in the next block because I have a feeling we might see him sooner rather than later. I know you think I'm crazy, but I mm-hmm. think it might happen. Okay, you want to touch on uh, Sidney Holmberg and Nick Robertson? Yeah, man, look. Um... <laughs> Pontus. <laughs> 
He looked like Sidney Crosby last night, no? What <laughs> That's a goal. exactly why I want to talk about it. What a goal by Pontus Holmberg. But also Nick Robertson, too. Like, we talk so much about, you know, the big guys. But I want to, you know, we've got to show some love to the guys that don't really, we don't Okay, so let's start with Nick Robertson. Let's start with Nick where, Robertson. Where, where are you at with Nick Robertson right now? He's on his brother Jason Robertson, that's for sure. He's Come on, on the uh, same, that's, that's a low blow, dude. I mean, he's, look, he's on the same ilk as a Brent Gretzky, a Fedor oh, no. Fedorov. A Sean Prong. No, I'm kidding. What was Brett Look, Lindros? Brett Lindros? Brett Lindros? That's I don't bad. Even know. That's, sorry, Nick, dude. <laughs> You're not Jason. Oh. I'm sorry, bro. But oh, um, man. look, like he was a guy that was deemed untouchable like a year ago, right? And now you got to wonder what his value really is on the I trade know. market. I, I don't know. Like, can you, if the Leafs want to acquire a defenseman, top four defenseman, or even a top five, def- top six defenseman, excuse me, um, and you offer up a draft pick and Nick Robertson, is that going to get you anywhere? Do teams really value or covet Nick Robertson? Now, again, he's still young, so teams might be like, oh, you get him in our system. He's not hiding behind these big-name players up front. Uh, you know, he could get it and he could score. We give him, just got to give him the opportunity. But, again, 13 goals is on pace for 26 points, only 54 games played. He's averaging, what, 10 minutes a game? I don't know, Albert. I yeah. think I think – for a guy who had came in with such high praise and high, you know, stock, he was a second round pick, fifty three, fifty third overall. He's only he's what twenty turn what turned twenty three this year. So look, you're twenty two going twenty three. The NHL's a young man, a young man's game. That's getting to the territory. You better like start making some headway and figuring out where you, where you slide in, in the NHL. And at this particular time in his career, I just don't see Nick Robertson as that offensive dynamo, offensive guy's gonna put up points. I see this guy slotting in as a bottom six player that's gonna mm-hmm. have to adapt and change his role and figure out a way to be more effective on the penalty kill, um, be more of a checker, be more of a grittier player to stay in the NHL. I just don't see. I don't. From what I see from him, yes, he scored. He found the score sheet and stuff like that, but. I don't see him projecting to be um, what the Leafs initially thought they were getting in him. No, I have a few things on Nick Robertson. One, I, I think that any there's always a coach out there who thinks he can get the best out of a player. Mm-hmm. It's not working in Toronto. Bring him here. We can get the best out of him. Um, if you put him on the San Jose Sharks, Nick Robertson is a top six forward. But that's not saying much. Uh, he's a bit of an in-betweener where he's got some offense – but he doesn't have the defensive, I think, abilities to play on the third or fourth line. No, mm-hmm. he should probably be a bottom six guy. I just don't think That's he has That's why he's got to change his game. And the only reason he was in last night was because Noah Gregor was sick. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I have a feeling at some point, maybe at the deadline, that the Leafs are probably going to look for a bottom six forward. Unless they're happy with what they have. And I think he might be the odd man out. We already see that Keith likes to play Pontus Holmberg mm-hmm. over him. Holmberg fits in that bottom six, I think, a lot better than... than um, I was going to say Nick Robertson. Then Nick Robertson does. I think he's more physical. He's got some goals about him, too. He can. He's up and down the ice. He plays the entire ice. Robertson, he's hit and miss sometimes. In a game like this against the Sharks, he's going to get his. It was a point night for the entire team. So bravo to him. Hopefully he gets some confidence. But I just think that he doesn't really fit on this Leafs team at the moment. I don't think he's a bottom six on this team. I think he needs to probably move somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I think if you look back to that serious injury he had, that might have derailed his career. Yeah. Well, my concern as well as is what's his value you know you were just talking about him is he a really a sweetener maybe not i mean it depends on the other team but mm-hmm. i feel like nick robertson is just completely out of favor right now and it's unfortunate yeah look he's a guy where 
he's not his brother, like I said. But you mentioned the injury he suffered and stuff like that. That does derail a young person, a young person's career, right? That's why I think it's imperative for him this off season to, or even during this season, to really reassess and evaluate where you are standing in the NHL pecking order. Right. Right. Okay, I'm not good defensively, like you mentioned, but if that. So I'm not saying it has to become my strong suit, right, or my calling card. But if I can become a competent, you know, well-rounded player, there's going to be rules for you always in the NHL. The NHL is always looking for bottom six guys that they can plug and play that have a bit of offensive skill to them but can also be responsible on the defensive side of the puck as well. Um, that right there is one of the most valuable commodities. We're talking about the Leafs need another one of those guys, right? Yeah. If Nick Roberts can develop into one of those guys, that will be a great coup for the Toronto Maple Leafs. My final one, Simon Benoit making fans love Your him. player's favorite one player. One game at a time. He gets high-sticked in the game, gets cut, comes back. He's got, what, the tampon in the nose, the plug in his nose. <laughs> comes back and throws a heavy-duty hit. This is the type of player that I want in the Toronto Maple Leafs. Dude, yeah. I love this guy. There's, he does nothing wrong. In this little stint of five or six games, I think he's got the best expected goals against out of all the defensemen. And now you have to consider ice time and pairings and who you play against. You're diving deep into the advanced. But players. I'm just saying, like, you wanted somebody to be solid as a bottom pairing guy, and you found it in Simon Benoit. And he kind of – Simone, excuse me, not Simon. Simon Benoit. Benoit. And, uh, <laughs> and you found it in him. You know, you wanted that Zadorov, like I mentioned, for that reason. Now, is he Zadorov? Does he have that type of upside? Probably not. Do they play very? Do they play a very similar style? I think they do. They both hit. They're both physical. They're both imposing out there. They can penalty kill. They can clear the zone. They can break out, make decent passes. Listen, for a guy who's making less than a million, Tree Living and the rest of the team, Keith. I mean, they're they're they couldn't be more happier. There's Simon Ben or Simone Benoit imposing, and there's Nikita Zadorov imposing. A little bit of a different thing there, my friend. I don't know. Look at the size difference. I'm just saying. All right. But uh, I agree with you. Look, as much as I uh, and I felt we were very negative on Monday. Look at this today. We're very positive about the Leafs. Not negative. It was just the same old story about yeah. contracts. That's okay. just what it is. But I did feel a little. It's one of those things that you'd rather celebrate than be angry about. And if you eliminate the hard cap <laughs> system. Then it's like, all right, great. Yeah. And we're the New York Yankees. We're the Dodgers. The Toronto Maple Leafs, right? Yeah. We're the Dodgers. We'll just pay the luxury tax. That's just not how the <clears> NHL <throat> but works. But yeah, um, when I look at Simone Benoit, right? Again, we talk about the defense. Solid. Player. He's a solid, solid player. Um, <clears throat> and I'm not saying that he's going to be Chris Tanev, but the way his rise in this Toronto Maple Leafs um, roster um, and then his, you know, the belovedness that the fans have with him. It reminds me of when a young Chris Tanev came into a Canucks team that was at the peak of their powers, right? Chris Tanev came in as an unknown guy, but did his job, didn't do too much, and eventually found a role in, in the top four. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying Simone Benoit is going to do that, but what I'm saying is that just a quiet, doesn't say much, plays his game, doesn't make very many mistakes, right? Just plays solid hockey. That is somebody who can play in the NHL. And like we talked about last week, when I think one of our callers called in, he's going to play in the playoffs. He's going to play some meaningful minutes. He's not going to play a whole lot of meaningful minutes, but he's going to be a guy that Sheldon keep trust. And if Sheldon keep and this team keep on trusting him, and the leash gets longer and longer and longer, that's why he's going to get a contract extension. That's why he's going to be playing next year with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, <clears throat> I believe that it's it's a credit to him and you know his development on the fly and being put into a difficult position. A lot of guys you see that get put in these difficult positions are going to crack and crash, mm. right? Simone Benoit has not. He has flourished. He's done very well. Simone. And it seems to me also that the locker room loves him. And that's a big thing, especially for a guy who doesn't play a whole lot or doesn't expect to play a whole lot. But when the locker room comes in, 
um, and show, get support behind you, that's a big thing. And quite frankly, Albert, he could be in the running for unsung hero for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh, I thought you were going to say Norris. No. What? No. Come on. No chance. Uh, okay, quickly. I just want to look at the Leafs <clears throat> schedule heading into the All-Star break. It's starting to get tough now. Yes. So they got the Islanders on Thursday night. Then they got a back-to-back. Uh, they have Colorado on Saturday and Detroit mm-hmm. on Sunday, both at home. So my first question is, who gets the net on Sunday? Because I'm assuming Martin Jones is going to get the Islanders. I'm mm-hmm. assuming Martin Jones is going to get Colorado on Saturday night. Then they got the back-to-back on Sunday against Detroit. Is it going to be Dennis Hildeby or potentially Ilya Samsonov? Bro, it's going to be Hildeby. I'm going to say it. I'm going to beat. He finally gets his first I'm going to beat this drum because you have, look, Detroit's struggling. They're not playing that well right now. You need to get him sometime. I don't think Ilya Samsonov is ready. I know Bradtree Living has said that he wants him to play. <clears throat> Excuse me. Wants him to get it back in the game. They need him, but they need to see what they have in Hildeby. They need to give him something. I don't, think, I, don't think, I don't think that they do. I really don't think that they do. <clears throat> What's the point of that? I think you're going to ride Martin Jones as much as you possibly can. Yeah. Potentially potentially play Martin Jones in this back-to-back because the travel there is The travel is just from home and back. Right. It's it, <laughs> You have to consider that and, and consider the amount of energy that Martin Jones is exerting in these games, which yeah. isn't much, at least so far. That's probably going to change against the Islanders and obviously Colorado, one of the best teams in the NHL. Um, but with Samsonov practicing with the Marlies, we don't know yet if he's going to play with the Marlies. Tree Living wanted a week for him to kind of just be away from the team, be away from the media, and kind of get his head together. Maybe it's like, hey, we gave you the week. You practice. You're back on the ice. Let's bring him back for Detroit and see what happens. And then finally, you make that decision at the end. Okay, Samsonov is officially done. Now we ride Martin Jones and Hildeby for the rest of the way. You can't do until it. Until Wall comes back. You can't do it. You, I, I Honestly, you I can't. Especially I will guys. say this. I'm with you that they should probably play Hildeby. Yeah. But I'm trying to think how Brad Tree Living and the rest of that front office is thinking right mm-hmm. now. And I think it's trying to get Samsonov back in there and hoping that he can find some sort of confidence and some sort of form, at least similar to what he had last season Can't over it. Dennis Hildeby. It, it, it's what I'm seeing, not playing him on the last back-to-back, not playing him on that road trip, is that they really don't want to put Hildeby out there in the NHL right now. They don't want to stunt his growth. And I think that's really important to them, which is why I think Hildeby goes back down and Samsonov comes up. Can't do it. Can't see Samsonov at all. Can't do it. Can't do it. All right, let's bring in one of our favorites. Justin, it's been a while, man. It's been a while since we last saw him. Steven Sohoyas, the North Star Best TVP. How are you, buddy? Good, good. Happy New Year. Might be a little too late in the year to say that, but it's the first time I've seen you both since the, the year started. So happy New Year. And uh, lots happened since the last time we talked. I think you have till February 1st to say happy New February Year. February 1st? Yeah, because you, you, you don't see Wow, you're more lenient time, right? than most. I'm a little bit more lenient. Look, I don't see everybody... Maybe not until the first of the... You have, you have one month to wish me a happy New I Year. I don't even think you said happy New Year to me. I did when I no, walked. I don't think you did. All right, well, it's a happy New happy Year. New for, year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It's a happy New Year to one person. Right? <laughs> William Nylander. <laughs> William Nylander. There's my segue. Uh, so so we, we talked about him, listen, that nauseum about this contract and whether it's good or bad and, and how the only way they can justify paying somebody like this and Marner and Matthews and Tavares is, is by winning a Stanley Cup. But what's your take? How do you feel about the Leafs signing that massive deal with uh, William Nylander? Well, 
it's not that Nylander doesn't deserve the money. There's been some discourse online and, you know, on TV, does he deserve the money? And I think he's proven it. Scored 40 goals last year. He's top five, top 10 in league scoring this year. He's been fantastic. But the issue is the way the Maple Leafs are built, you're, you're just continuing to run it back with the same flawed philosophy of paying four forwards a boatload and then just kind of scrounging whatever you can for the rest. And it hasn't worked. They've tried and they've tried and they've tried and it hasn't worked. And in a league where you see the strategy is basically be really good in two areas. Either have a really good offense, a really good defense, and okay goaltending or really good defense and really good goaltending and serviceable offense. Those have been winning strategies. Putting all your chips into one of those position groups really hasn't paid out for anybody other than Sidney Crosby or Alex Ovechkin. Stevie, um, I talked about how that Mitch Marner is now the odd man out. Do you see a scenario where next year and following that Tavares, Marner, Matthews, Nylander, Morgan Riley, they're all still on the Toronto Maple Leafs making their market value on contracts or who who let me ask this who's the odd man out i agree with you i think you just look at it how it's shaping up marner looks like he's going to be the odd man out he's got a full no move clause and i don't see him waving it i, I don't think he, you know if he's going to have his say at the end of this contract he's going to go where he wants to go if it's not going to be toronto he's not really going to give the leafs the the courtesy of waving that and going somewhere else so I think Marner ends up being the odd man out. And it does hurt, but it does free you up some cap space to build a roster elsewhere. I think one thing fans of teams and even teams themselves are worried about is change. But we just saw the Vegas Golden Knights completely forget everything that brought them on as this endearing team from the get-go they went from being the misfits to the, the like the, whatever guys available will bring him in eichel petrangelo like they went and spent and they weren't afraid to cut loose players who they thought that were going to get overpaid so i i don't think change is such a bad thing in the nhl so last time we talked my canucks i think we're still we're we first go. in the Pacific. Here we go. Oh, they're, they're first in the Pacific <laughs> now. Um, but no love on North Star bets, man. You got to talk to the boys over there, man. Plus 2,000 to win the Stanley Cup. Are you kidding me? Forget about Teams the love. Like, That's good value. I know. But I, I want to see good value, good value betting-wise. But yeah, I want to see my team up there at the top of the charts. You know, that's where we belong. But let me ask you this. The Winnipeg Jets have also been very impressive. Somehow, they have better cup odds than the mm-hmm. Canucks. But which team has been more impressive this season? The Winnipeg Jets or the Vancouver Canucks? I'm going to say the Winnipeg Jets because the Canucks, if you look at advanced numbers like expected goals for percentage, they're not viewed as favorably as a team like Winnipeg. One thing I will say about Vancouver is Demko has masked a lot of underlying issues. He's been fantastic. And Winnipeg, hey, you know, they've got a good goalie in their own right too. Connor Hellebuck has been fantastic. But I do think there's a little bit more there as far as depth in Winnipeg than than in Vancouver. So I would still say I'd rather bet on the Jets to win the Cup. They're 16-1 to over at North Star Bets. But 
those are the two teams, Justin, that I'm actually at this point of the year I'm thinking of putting down on. I think a lot of the value's gone from Edmonton from earlier in the year when they were sliding, and I don't really want to pay up right now to bet on the Rangers. I have them at some better prices from earlier in the season. But those are probably the four teams that I'm looking to bet. And maybe, maybe I'll throw the Tampa Bay Lightning in there as well at 25 to 1. I think there's some value. A good big comeback win last night. I think that's a team that will eventually get it going. I'm going to just go back to what you're saying about the, the Jets. I, it's the Jets over the Canucks. Who saw this coming mm-hmm. from the Jets? I know who saw this coming from the Canucks. But what, a couple months ago, we were, we were talking about how fans weren't going to watch those games yeah, and how it was going to hurt the franchise so bad that they would have to end up leaving once again. Who talked about that? That conversation was 100% happening. There were Aaron those reported it. And now they're one of the best teams in the NHL. This is I a think team. they are the best team in the NHL, this aren't the, they? But this is the team for the last, what, Five, six years has been a perennial playoff contending team, the Jets, right? The Canucks have been dog water. No one, no one is 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 shitting on your Canucks. <laughs> the Canucks are good. They're just not as good as the Jets, They're the right, best TV? team in the Pacific Division right now. <laughs> they just swept through New Jersey, the Island, and the Rangers. We'll see. A lot of, just, dude, no, they, there's a lot of, there's a lot of season left, right, Stevie? Saying. Yeah, they've been good, the Canucks. Like, I'm not trying yeah. to say that they haven't been good. But I can see why they're at 20 to 1 right now. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to get people to bet on the Canucks, that's kind of the price where I think they should be. If you were to bring them any lower, I think people would be a little skeptical because of the underlying numbers that are a little bit worrisome. All right, Steve, whatever you say. Oh, wow. Whatever you say. See what happened? You know what? I hope the Steelers wax the Bills no, on. No, whoa, 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 whoa. Time, time out. Time out. Even if they are 10 I was dogs. being fair and just. I was being fair and just. That is a personal attack there, Justin. <laughs> That's a low blow. That's all love. Steve. Okay, we'll wrap love. it up on that, though. <laughs> yeah. Let's wrap it up a little football, right? So, listen, you're a big Bills guy. How you feeling about the Bills this weekend? Laying the 10 points against the Steelers. You know what? I the, the, I don't feel good about covering the spread. They will win the game. Steelers are one in ten without TJ Watt. But what we see Buffalo do against these QB and F teams is really just scale down the offensive game plan. Because I think the first game of the year where they lost to the Jets, mm-hmm. where Allen was trying to be Superman in a game where he could have just been Clark Kent, and they lose that game. I think the strategy has shifted a bit. You look at what they did against the Chargers and the Patriots. They didn't ask him to do too much, and that worked out. So I think that's the strategy for this Sunday's game against Pittsburgh. Don't turn the ball over, and you win. Yeah, I like it. Bills are going to win. Uh, Justin, when, what time does Seahawks play? Oh, sorry. They don't play. Oh, Out of the play. Oh. I had to, man. You're Michael, going, you're Michael going, Panic's time. You're going Michael after, Panic's you're going after <laughs> you know, one of the guests of the uh, the year so far, the only guest. Our, only guest but our favorite guest. But I got to go back. Well, Stevie's like family, though, right? So we can Stevie go our family. family like Stevie that. is family. Stevie, thanks again for doing this, buddy. We'll see you soon. No worries. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it, as always. Looking forward to the next time. All right, that's it from us at Homestand Leafs. Thanks again for listening. We'll be dropping episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You can find Homestand Leafs anywhere you download your podcasts, including Apple and Spotify. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show. That will make Justin a very happy man. Thanks, friends. For Justin Pooney, I'm Albert Vartanian. This has been Homestand Leafs.